As we prepare to hear God's word, let's first pause and ask God to open our hearts and minds to be receptive to what God might have to say to us through God's word. Let's pray. God, you have created everything. Every word that was spoken and written and will be said. We give thanks for your eternal word, Jesus, who shows us the fullness of your love. And especially for the Holy Spirit, who guides us when we enter Scripture or go about our day to see you in everything. And so we pray that your Holy Spirit would show you to us now so that in everything we might see you and in every way we might follow you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, today, we are talking about the Holy Spirit, and today is a day we celebrate called Pentecost. It's 50 days after Easter, so penta meaning 50, uh, right? So, like, 50 days, so it's seven Sundays plus one, and so this is something that Christians have been celebrating for, for centuries and generations, and uh, today, as we celebrate it, my hope is for us to, to look at some of the wider scri uh, scriptural story in order that we might see through fire, which is a representation for the Holy Spirit, and for, as we'll see, God's presence, that we'll see how present God is to us, how present God is in our lives, and perhaps also how present and close we are to one another because of the Holy Spirit. So that's my hope as we journey through this story. Got some shenanigans for you today, and it's gonna be fun. Be prepared to, uh, I need at least 23 people to come up here with me at some point. And so if God's moving in your heart, in your mind, in your life, you might be the person who's called to come forward and help me out at some point. Um, either way, what, what we're going to do is we're going to read two scripture passages, one from the Old Testament in Exodus and one from the book of Acts in the New Testament. So first, um, in a little bit, Naomi Wilder is going to come up and read that Exodus passages, passage. And the Exodus passage locates us at a particular, particular moment in the story of God's people. Exodus opens with God's people, the Israelites. Um, they're like the family of God. And they're in Egypt. And in Egypt, they're like the lowest rung of society. And they're oppressed, and they're feeling the weight of the tyrant Pharaoh in this narrow place, right? And they cry out for help. And God, who long ago promised to be their God, decided to help. And how does, how does God do this? Well, God appears to this man named Moses. Maybe you're familiar with this story through a burning bush, right? And I think I have one of those, or at least a representation of it. Here we go. There, look at that burning bush. So, Moses, a shepherd, is kind of tending some f a flock out in the wilderness, and he comes past this bush on Mount Sinai, or Mount Sinai, and all of a sudden, out of this bush comes this voice, Moses, 
Moses. And he turns aside and realizes this bush is burning. Whoa. (laughs) And out of this bush, there comes a voice again. Moses, Moses, do not come any closer. And Moses is like, okay. You got my attention. I'm not coming closer. And the voice says, take off your sandals. This is holy ground. So he does it, and he comes a little closer. Still a little bit of fear. What's going on here? And the voice says, I am your God. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Who are these people? Because they might be unfamiliar to us. Well, these are the people back in Genesis, the book earlier, that that God appeared to, and, and God said, well, first appearing to Abraham, and he's like, God's like, well, I'm going to let you know who I am, and I'm going to be your God, and through you and through your family and your many descendants, the world will come to know who I am and my love. So that's what the voice is saying. I am your God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I want you to rescue the Israelites, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who are trapped in Egypt. And my descendants come from 12 tribes. And so I need 12 people who are willing, who are brave, who are courageous to come up here with me and help out. 12 people, come on. I'm all alone here. I just need 12. Ah, yes. Wonderful. I'm going to ask for more later. So really, feel, so can you just stand with your backs facing, facing the burning bush? Ah, all right. Here we go. Reuben, you are the firstborn. And then came Simeon, Levi, Judah. Ah, yeah, strung like a lion. Issachar, it's a fun one. Zebulun, Gad, Asher, that's a cool one, Dan, Naphtali, oh, Joseph, (laughs) something's going to happen to you, you're not going to like it, but it's going to be all right. (laughs) Ah, Benjamin, I I almost forgot about you. So you are the 12 tribes of Israel who, are, who came from the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're actually Jacob's sons. And you went to Egypt, and then you produced and were, you know, propagated the world there in Egypt. And now you're crying out because you need help, right? And so Moses at the burning bush is told from God, God, I want you to bring these people out of Egypt into a free land. So Moses goes, to make the short, story short, Moses goes to Egypt and is tasked with bringing these people, where God says, out of Egypt. So, on the night called Passover, in which a lamb is slain and put on the doorposts, and God knows to pass over those houses there, this is why it's called Passover, God passes over those posts, and the people of Israel, at a specific time, are told by Moses to get up and go out of that land. So they get up, and they grab their belongings, and they start walking out of that land. And the amazing thing at this point is that a pillar of fire guides them as they go out of Egypt and out toward the Red Sea. And behind them is a cloud of darkness to cover their way from the Egyptians getting them. So already we see God showing up in fire in the burning bush, and God showing up in a fire to lead them out of the land of Egypt. So this is like our Red Sea, all right? 
kind of nice that it's here. Thank you, Decor team. You do a great job. So we're going to do that. Come follow me, and we're going to go. This is the Red Sea. God's leading us by a pillar of light. And what happens? God leads us out. Wonderful. We are free people. Oh, wait, I forgot. I get to be alone with this. Hello, everybody. So I'm Moses. We just made it out of Egypt, apart from the Red Sea. The waters have crashed back around us, and we can't go back to Egypt. This is great. So what happens now? Well, eventually, Moses leads them back to that same place, Mount Sinai, where the original burning bush was. And at that place, there's a mountain. And this mountain, you notice the like, little mountain thing here? <laughs> Thought of that myself. <laughs> so at this mountain is where God reveals God's self again. And this is really, really special here because it's like the new formation of their relationship. And I say this because, you know, they were, they were like, lorded over there in Egypt, and they're free people now, but now they need a way of guiding themselves. And so God at this mountain is going to give them instruction through the Ten Commandments, right? You've heard of those? But before the Ten Commandments is the moment when the Israelites approach this mountain to receive that, that revelation and those commandments from God. And the story we're going to read and the story that Naomi's going to read for us is the story of what happens as the Israelites approach and before God gives the Ten Commandments. So, Naomi, you come up and read that passage, and you all can sit down in those, in those seats. All right, so our reading is Exodus 19, 16 through 25, and 20, 18 through 21. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning, as well as a thick cloud on the mountain and a blast of a trumpet so loud that all the people who were in the camp trembled. Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. They took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended upon it in fire. The smoke went up like the smoke of a kiln while the whole mountain shook violently. As the blast of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses would speak and God would answer him in thunder. When the Lord descended upon Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, the Lord summoned Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people not to break through to the Lord to look, otherwise many of them will perish. Even the priests who approached the Lord must con consecrate themselves, or the Lord will break out against them. Moses said to the Lord, the people are not permitted to come up to Mount Sinai, for you yourself warned us, saying, Set limits around the mountain and keep it holy. The Lord said to him, Go down and come up, bringing Aaron with you, but do not let either the priests or the people break through to come up to the Lord, otherwise he will break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them, when all the people witnessed the thunder and lightning, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, they were afraid and trembled and stood at a distance and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, 
Do not be afraid, for God has come only to test you and to put the fear of him upon you so that you do not sin. Then the people stood at a distance while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. dying. <laughs> All right. So, does anybody, uh, what stands out to you in that passage? Anything? Anything grab your attention and catch you? The noise. What noise? The thunder. Yes, the thunder. Uh, <laughs> right? Right? Thunder. Anything else? Lightning and thunder. Announcing God's presence. And God is coming and moving toward these people. And the people get to see God and who God is. This magnificent, almost terrifying uh, God revealing himself. And God's making this space for them to know God, which is, which is beautiful in the way that God sets up a protection so that that not overwhelmed and overcome and, and die. So it's a way that God's fashioning this relationship with them that they can have each of their days. So the relationship is formed. They have the Ten Commandments. And then what happens from there on? Well, a really significant thing. God says, you've seen the light of my presence in the fire at the mountain. Well, now I want you to make a tent. This tent will be called a tabernacle. And in this tabernacle, what you're going to do is you're going to carry the light of my presence. That same light that carried him out of Egypt, that met him at the mountain, was now going to be with them in a tent. And so they went on a journey for 40 years. Come with me, everybody. All my Israelites, let's go. Benjamin, I saw that. Don't do that again. <laughs> Always the crafty one. Always the youngest. You know what that means, trying to get away with everything. <laughs> yeah, oh, that wasn't Joseph. Joseph. It's never Joseph. <laughs> He's the reason why you're coming out of Egypt in the first place. You should be grateful. Welcome. So, we were led by the light of God's presence all the way here. It took us 40 years. It was a little quicker, but... Thank you all for joining the journey. And then you all can sit back in the, in the seats here, in the pews, because when, finally when their journey was over, what happened, I'll put this right here as a remembrance of what happened and how they were led through the, through the wilderness. Then when they finally got to the promised land, which they called Jerusalem, they set up a fixed place, a temple, where God's presence would always dwell. And so, in this land, in this promised land, and in this temple, they would celebrate the mighty deeds of God. They remembered that night when they were led, on that night of Passover, out of Egypt, into the wilderness, to the mountain. So they celebrated a festival called Passover. And 50 days later, they celebrated a, another festival called Pentecost, and Pentecost was a festival celebrating the time when God gave them the law and instruction for their new life together. 
right? And each year they would celebrate these festivals year by year. And they, it was what gave them identity and remembered their ancestors. And yet, division happened. Dissension, greed, waywardness, all the things that cause us humans to divide ourselves overcame and overtook the people of God as well. And in the many ways that they strayed, led them further and further away from God. And as they grew further away from God, other nations came in and took them over. Nations like Assyria and Babylon. And so they were dispersed all over the world. So you're welcome to go back to where you were originally seated, sitting. They were dispersed all over the world. And yet the prophets, while they said this is the reality that's happened and taking place, God longs to bring them all back together, all in one place so that they would be united once again together in Jerusalem. But that hope didn't happen for a very, very, very long time. Until God remembered them. Just as God remembered his people when they were in Egypt, God remembered them. When God wrapped himself in flesh and took on what we are and came to us in the form of a babe, Christ, the light of the world, who chases away the world's darkness. The true light came into the world and was anointed meaning was appointed and set apart for a specific task to show God's deep and wonderful love to the world, just as Israel had once been tasked with. The Spirit, as a dove, came down to alight upon him and guide him. And so he started sharing the good news of God's favor to all people. And what he did is he called 12 disciples to himself. So, this, must, this might be what it was like for the first time. I need 12 people who can come up here and be, I need new people. This is the task. I really need new people. Come on, Gene Anderson. You got it. And Susan and Naomi and Teresa. Ah, Ruthann. Wonderful. Thank you all. Thank you. All right. Pam, I see you. <laughs> All right, so, well, we got, start over here. All right, you will be Peter. There we are. And you, James, here, I'll give it to you. I don't want to mess up anybody's wardrobe. Uh, John, you might want to press that on a little more. Andrew and Philip. Bartholomew, it's a wonderful name. Might call you Barty for short. <laughs> Matthew and Thomas. <laughs> I didn't plan that. James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Judas, son of James, though, so you lucked out. All right, I need two more people, just two more inspired, courageous people. Ah, yes, wonderful. All right, Simon. All right. And you, my friend, are Judas. 
Judas Iscariot. Yes. And so Jesus invited these 12 to come forward. And you notice the similarity, 12 tribes, 12 disciples. It's like the reconstitution, the renewal of Israel coming through Jesus and his ministry, where he in his life and in his ministry and all he teaches the people are beginning to share God's love in this new and important way. And so what I want you to do is um, maybe come forward a little more, and, and you, can, you can take a seat in the front pews here. And then I also want to bring up all the other people who were up here before, right? Because, the reason why I'm doing this is because Jesus lived his life, showed God's love, died and rose again. And after he died, he ascended to be with God. And the disciples were left kind of there in Jerusalem, waiting for what Jesus had promised. And Jesus promised, he said, when I am gone, I will send you an advocate. And this advocate will be called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will guide you and support you in sharing my love with this world. And so, on the day of Passover, 50 days after uh, sorry, on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, 50 days after Jesus had rose from the dead, there came Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus in Asia, oh, sticky Asia, <laughs> in Phrygia, in Pamphylia, in Egypt, in Libya. And some people were even there from Rome. And there were Cretans, and also Arabs. So many people all together in one place. At the same time, Christians who were there wondering where Jesus was and what he was doing. And then also the Jews that had come for the festival of Pentecost to celebrate God giving them the law at Mount Sinai. And so, all that is a long extended introduction to this passage in Acts. And I hope that this in some way illuminates this passage for you today. So it starts Acts 2. Hear the word of the Lord. When the day of Pentecost had come, they, the disciples, were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not these men here Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, 
Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and the visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonder, and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know. This man handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, and having freed him from death because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, and we'll stop right there actually because I don't want to go any further, and there's nothing more on the screens. So we have in this passage a similar thing that happens at that mountain, a rush of a violent wind and a surprising scene. And all of a sudden, the fire of God's presence coming to the people who call God their own. And I'm wondering how many of you have your candles. How many? I can go run and get some. So once you go grab yours, you come back to me, and I will give you the light of the Holy Spirit right here. So... This is probably what happened at Pentecost. There was mass confusion, and people are wondering what was going on. This is much more demonstrative than I imagined. So, first, the, Spirit of the, the Holy Spirit came to the disciples. So those who are disciples, I want you to step forward and receive the light that symbolizes the Holy Spirit. Even you, Judas. <laughs> well, I you, Judas is gone. Judas is gone. This is a new one. We'll call you Paul. How about that? That's oh, true. goodness. All right. All right. Once you have this, oh, no. Is it going out? I want you to share it with others. Yep. And you need to share it because my light went out. Uh-oh. Actually, this is much more representative. Here, light of the Christ candle. So... You all, who are disciples, share the light with those who are the Elamites and representative of the other tribes of, ben- or other tribes of Israel, okay? As a representation of how the Holy Spirit went out and touched the lives of those who were there for Pentecost. Oh. There we go. And what I want you to do, because after that day, what happened is... The light of all who were there, they went out from that place to Jerusalem to all the world. So the 12 tribes who had came back in, 
represent different groups of people. And so when they went out, it's, it's the word, it's the spirit going out into each place in the world. So I want you to go and share that light with those who are around you in the pews. Where's the smart one? <laughs> all right, and you all can sit down by chance. What strikes me about this story is how the light went from one person in one place to many. And in the same way that we represented it here, that, that God first showed up in one place and fixed God's self in one place, that wasn't how God always operated. And God changed the game up in Jesus so that the light of God, the presence of God, would no longer just be in one place but incarnated in Jesus and through the Spirit shared with every person, not just in Jerusalem, but all over the world. And that story has had consequences for the world by the very fact that we here today know this story and celebrate it. And we celebrate it today, not just ourselves here in North America, but with Christians all over the world. The Spirit is still moving and still speaking to us today. And if there's a couple things that I might just say about this, it's first that God's Spirit and God's presence is surprising, just like that violent wind at the mountain or on that first day of Pentecost, or how you might have been scared out of your wits when the thunder came <laughs> in the sanctuary earlier. God's presence is surprising. More than that, God is incredibly close to each of us, as close as we can feel the heat upon our face, and perhaps closer. God's presence is with us always. And I think one of the beautiful stories or points about, about Acts is the way that when we open our hearts to trust in Jesus and trust in his good news, that we become a light that burns brighter and brighter as we trust more and more and our lives are shaped more and more into the image of Jesus. The Spirit is with each person in this world, but when we trust Jesus, we burn brightly and share his light with the world. And lastly, I guess one of the things that I wanted to share in the knowledge that of how much we divide ourselves as humans these days, and that is equally true um, in the church as it is outside of it, unfortunately, um, that withstanding that, I think God continues to keep us more deeply connected than we realize and overcomes our divisions and overcomes those things and ways in which we continue to disrupt or divide. 
So if anything, may this story be a constant reminder of how present God is to you, how closely connected we are to one another always. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for the story of Pentecost, which teaches us of your great love for us. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to teach us of your ways day by day. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand and we will